0: Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack?
1: We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the earth.
0: And we're here to save it, one podcast at a time. Anyway, do you have your your uh, WTF moment
1: ready? I do, and it is related actually to our topic. Oh, but it's it's one of them ones that just in the context of our topic today, it's another one of those things that just make you just. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I don't know if you're familiar with a lady named uh, Claudette Colvin. I'm not. She was fifteen in 1955, and she refused to give up her seat on a Montgomery City bus nine months before Rosa Parks. Did. I do know
0: who that is. Mm-hmm. I do, and you know, am I not mistaken that one of the reasons they kind of didn't make a big deal because she was uh, darker skinned than later on with Rosa?
1: Yes. That okay. was part of it. Um, when it happened, uh, of course, she was arrested as per the quote unquote law in the city at the time um, because she was in the wrong part of the bus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when the local you know, civil rights movement caught wind of it, you no, know, they didn't make a big deal or they didn't really seek her out. One, because she was a little darker skinned. Two, because she was 15. Mm-hmm. Three, she was pregnant and unmarried. Oh.
0: Yeah, the trifecta. Mm. Yeah.
1: So being what the civil rights movement was, and and really basically what um, good Black people were expected to be back in the 50s and 60s, Mm -hmm. they decided that wasn't a good look as far as having her represent what they were trying to do there. Mm -hmm. So that's why when Rosa Parks did the exact same thing nine months later, Ms. Parks became literally the unofficial face of the Montgomery bus boycott. Mm -hmm. So the WTF moment is that just last month in December of 2021, Mm -hmm. Ms. Colvin finally had her arrest record expunged. Oh, that's late, but good. Mm -hmm. He's now 82. Wow. That's,
0: it's not surprising, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad it's still one of those.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: And she said, quote, my record was expunged, and my name was cleared, and I'm no longer a juvenile delinquent at 82. <laughs> so. A
0: great uh, way to put it, even though yeah. it took way too long.
1: It did. That That's what got me, because I had, you know, would see her name pop up here and there and, you know, do it again. And I didn't know about her until maybe... 25 years, 20, 25 years ago, I think, mm-hmm. because she's not mentioned that often, and no, which is a not. shame. Because she wasn't the only one, obviously. Rosa Parks wasn't the only one. They were quite a few black people that were arrested for the very same thing, which, of mm-hmm. course, those arrests were what, in, in total, what prompted the bus boycott. But her name doesn't come up a lot. And when it does, like I said, it's kind of like, She's one of those forgotten faces. And mm-hmm. they even contacted her when they went to um, court in a civil lawsuit. And she testified. And then they didn't, when the outcome came out, it was due, it was the bus, it was behind the bus boycott. When the outcome came out, no one called to tell her. She had to watch on the news. So <clears throat> it's kind of like, hmm, on the one hand, she was useful and on the other hand unfortunately she she tends to be a forgotten piece of that very important part of history yes and that's just but like i said to go all these years and finally someone said oh hey and she actually had a petition to have her record expunged it wasn't like mm-hmm. someone saw it and said oh look, she had a petition wow so they wow. finally were like oh yeah we can go ahead and do that oh okay
0: yeah this is a story that would fit into our uh, February theme mm-hmm. of people that are important to Black history that you may not know about.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. She would, she would definitely be one of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, that was that was my my story. I kind of held on to this one because I was, you know, we were we were throwing around this particular topic, so I held mm-hmm. on to this one. But I think it was worth the moment. So
0: I I agree with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyhoot, what is your WTF? Okay. Are you For sitting down? Because you might find this funny. Oh, my. <laughs> so today in our article by Susan Rinkunas from the website Jezebel,
1: uh-huh.
0: posted at 325 p.m., lawyers challenging Biden's COVID vaccine rules both have COVID in uh, this was in front of the Supreme Court, and the article reads, the situation would be honestly hilarious if it weren't so bleak. Today, the Supreme Court heard arguments in a case challenging to Biden administration COVID-19 vaccine policies, one for healthcare facilities and one for employers with more than 100 workers, then in parentheses it says the large employer rule is technically a weekly testing mandate with an exception for people who are vaccinated but no one is calling it that uh-huh. close parentheses the rules were announced in september and clarified in early november before we'd ever heard of the words omicron variant but the two but two of the lawyers challenging the regulations had to Both make their arguments by phone because, well, they have COVID. Reuters reports that Ohio Solicitor General Benjamin Flowers and Louisiana Solicitor General Liz Merle both tested positive for the virus. Per the court's own protocols, attorneys must get a PCR test the day before arguments. And if they're positive, they have to participate remotely, which is similar to the workplace (laughs) rule issued by OSHA. But Flowers and Mural are essentially arguing that other people should have to go to work with people who aren't vaccinated or haven't been tested. It's truly something. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's kind of humorous. And uh, Justice Kagan said, asked the question, who decides? Should it be the agency full of expert policymakers, politically accountable to the president, or courts can decide? Courts are not political. Politically accountable. Courts have no epidemiological expertise. Why in the world would courts decide this question? And then frustrated, she said, I would think that workplace risk is about the greatest, least controllable risk with respect to COVID that any person has. You have to be there and you have to have to be there with a bunch of people you don't know and who might be completely irresponsible. So, that's uh WTFE in a funny way, because... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Here.
1: What is happening? The,
0: the protocols you're trying to get the Supreme Court to stop, you have to be a part of.
1: What is happening? <laughs>
0: I know. I oh, know. my goodness. I was going to go with Rand Paul.
1: Oh, I mean, just saying Rand Paul is funny.
0: Oh, I mean... <laughs> We can honorable mention him. I, I have it handy. I just I, need to move a few papers here. Yeah, think, uh, yeah, I think
1: you can do a two for today. Go for it. Okay.
0: The other day, Senator Rand Paul tweeted it: "How to steal an election: sent seating an area heavy with potential Democratic votes with as many absentee ballots as possible." targeting and convincing potential voters to complete them in a legally valid way and then harvesting and counting the results. Pretty sure that's voting, right? I mean uh, isn't that voting? Uh, right? What, what, is ha- what is happening? <laughs> I mean he he's
1: describing voting, right? <laughs> I want off this planet right now. (laughs) I know we set out to save it, but I just... (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) I've been chuckling at that since I read it. He literally says legally. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mm. That tweet alone should get him uh, kicked out of uh, the Senate.
1: I mean... And we all know it won't.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> but,
1: uh, goodness gracious! Yeah, I mm-mm. nope. <laughs> mm-mm. Yeah, I am. I am exhausted with these shenanigans. I just, but they do good. They do make for good, for good um, fodder. It really does. On one hand, on the other hand, it's happening to us. So I. I know. Oh goodness.
0: <laughs> that's called voting, Rand.
1: It, it really is.
0: I mean, when he runs, does he not try to convince people to vote for him?
1: Duh, that's called what, campaigning. Yes, I. Yeah, unless they 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 renamed it, or I. There's only been one
0: president that did not have to campaign, and that was George Washington, basically. And then. Adams, he campaigned some, and then him and Jefferson had the worst uh, campaign for many years (laughs) when they ran against each other way back in the day. Anyway, moving back to modern times.
1: Um, yes, we can do that. What is yours this week?
0: Oh, wow. You had to ask me that. And it was something I knew 30 seconds ago. And now I have completely forgot. But, uh, well, it's sort of about Representative Matt Gates, Mr. You know, Trump is the greatest. All these people are horrible. I like to date 17-year-olds and fly them across state lines such a delightful man. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. He um his ex-girlfriend, the 17-year-old has testified to a grand jury about their relationship. And so I at what point does house leadership decide maybe you should resign? It's getting redundant talking about members of the house that have committed some sort of crime, still being allowed in the house without any really repercussions.
1: Imagine that. Yeah,
0: it's, uh, it's not good. And my boy Higgins just barreled through the door. Apparently, he's a velociraptor and learned how to use a doorknob. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and he's Wes. doorknob height. So, hey, buddy. Sorry about that. Anyway, <laughs> um, I will say something funny though, regarding him. On the 5th of January, he tweeted Matt Gates, remote learning isn't working. And somebody replied to him, Your girlfriend's struggling in ninth grade. Bam! Oops. But you know, if you're gonna be in the house and House of Representatives and date 17-year-olds, you can't be too mad when people make comments
1: like that. Mm, no. So, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's found a way to be outraged to, to some degree. But I'm yeah, sure. he has no room. Yeah,
0: I'm sure there's something that he's pissed off about currently. Anyway, I know that wasn't much of one, but what's your WTF
1: for the week? Well, and that was actually pretty good. So <laughs> we're not gonna minimize that. But the one I have this week is about your bestie. Tucker Carlson. Oh, the lovely Tucker. He, yeah. Um, apparently, he, on one of the most recent episodes of his quote-unquote show, decided to state that uh, white people are being discriminated against when it comes to treatment of those inflicted with COVID.
0: Um, I'm not responding. I was just letting that soak in,
1: mm-hmm.
0: still, um, soaking in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: still soaking in
1: still
0: soaking in um no in <laughs> uh, more now more no um i think i think tucker is currently living in the multiverse of marvel yeah Mm Because he seems to be in a different world than we're in.
1: Correct. Here's the thing. Just elaborate a little. Quote, whites would go last in the COVID vaccine queue regardless of need. What apparently he chooses not to take under consideration is that hardest hit in this pandemic have been people of color due to mostly socioeconomic uh, causes. So he doesn't take that into consideration when considering the fact that a lot of people that have had it been treated have been color, people of color, but they're not being necessarily made a priority unless their symptoms make themselves. So. so he chooses right. not to recognize that part. And you know, a lot of it is because
0: a lot of uh minorities and ethnic people are working in service injury jobs. Mm-hmm. Industry, sorry. And so their interactions with the general public is greater than perhaps somebody in an office environment. And I mean, don't get me wrong. A large, large portion of white people are getting COVID. But that's by their own choice because they refuse to wear masks and get vaccinated. So that's why they're infected.
1: And they're infecting everyone else. Mm -hmm. Buttholes. Yeah. I I don't, I could go further into details, but I don't want to give him any more energy than necessary. I just, I felt like he's again, COVID by itself, as we all should know by now, those of us who believe in, you know, science, we know Mm -hmm. it's dangerous as equally as dangerous as misinformation. And this man has a prominent position with the ears of millions And continues to say this hot garbage on the air.
0: I know. And none of the people listening ever actually take the time to go and check legitimate sites on what he's communicating to them. Yeah. Because they've been trained to believe that legitimate sites are full of shit and fake and not real. So you can't believe them when in fact it's the opposite.
1: Yeah. Never mind that nine, sans- nine scientists have the same yeah. consensus about this virus and what it takes as, as, informa- as new information becomes available literally every second of every day. Yeah. Never mind that nine scientists and doctors are saying this is what you need to do. It's the 10th one. Well, yeah. That's the squeaky wheel. And he's the one that gets all the attention.
0: Well it's like so, the yeah. you know back in the day they'd have commercials and they'd say four out of five dentists agree that you should floss. Mm-hmm. Well who wants to go to the fifth dentist, <laughs> right? Four out of five dentists agree you should brush your teeth. Well who's that fifth one so
1: I can avoid him? Basically, I don't I don't want him. He's not my kind of quote-unquote professional. I don't want him in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's
0: Let's listen to the doctor that believes ovarian cysts are caused by demons visiting you at night while you're asleep. You know.
1: That's a hot no. <laughs>
0: Cause she's gonna know. Oh she's just so trustworthy.
1: Anyway, yeah. sorry, I digress. No, so. it's does there was I can't believe that most of us that are rational thinkers and you know, grown people have been wading through this cesspool of hot lies for what, since literally since 2015, like a, a pile of hot garbage of one variety of another. It's just not. Oh,
0: I know. Mm-hmm. I, I saw somebody that uh, said this the other day, um, they were talking about during the campaign in 2016 when Trump said, "I could walk up to somebody on Fifth Avenue and shoot a minute. nobody would care; wouldn't affect my crowds at all." And the the commentator said, "He's right. In fact, he could kill 500,000 people due to his actions, and nobody seems to care." It's like damn,
1: not not as much as they should. Yeah. Not until it happens to them, and then we get to read about it on the news and be like, that's a shame, but or, uh, you had mm-hmm. choices.
0: Yep. So. yep. And then they want me to contribute to their GoFundMe. Mm-hmm.
1: Nope, not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, no wonder that uh, a lot of us are just a little bit crazy, at least. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm imagining
0: that antidepressants are probably doing real well right now.
1: That and online therapy. Mm,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yep. You're exactly right. Mm
1: -hmm. You're exactly
0: right. What's your uh, WTF
1: of the week? Um. I think we mentioned this last episode, we are not going to run short of these for a very long time, because there's always some display of human foolishness, Yeah, whether it's it's political or legal or social, there's always going to be someone showing their ass. So, this week, I have selected a father and son out of Brookhaven, Mississippi, Mm. who... When a FedEx driver attempted to deliver a package to a home there in the neighborhood, he had just dropped the package off in the evening of January the 24th. And he saw a pickup truck coming towards him from a neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. So he's pulling, he's pulled into the driveway. He's pulling back out and he sees the truck approach him. He's trying to leave the driveway, but the, the driver has blocked him in the driveway. So the driver likes because he can't back out. So he gets up on the grass, gets back on the road, hits the gas to get out of the neighborhood because he has no idea what's happening. Mm -hmm. He goes, you know, a little ways down the street. There's somebody else in the middle of the road pointing a gun at his window and telling him to stop. And of course, he's not stopping because there's a man in the gun in the road with a gun. So he swerves around him, keeps going. And he ends up reporting to uh, dispatch, telling them what happened and come to find out these two yahoos, father and son, uh, like I mentioned, um, I believe the father was driving the pickup truck, which the son got into once the FedEx driver had gotten around the truck it was going down the street and swerved around the guy in the street. That was the son. The son gets in the truck with daddy-o. They follow him out several miles uh, throughout the town. He gets back to the FedEx station. They find bullet holes in the back of the truck. And then some of the, they had gone through the back door and into some of the packages. And mind you, uh, the young man was dressed in his FedEx uniform, but he was driving a rental Hertz truck, which I have seen some of them do in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, here's the fun part. But the, the young man goes uh, the next day. I think he goes with his manager to report to the Brookhaven police. The father and son were charged. I think. See who's who. Like it matters who's who. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, the father Gregory Case was charged with conspiracy. The son Brandon was charged with shooting into a motor vehicle. And mm-hmm. they have, I believe, at this time, the latest. I think I had read. I think they both made bail. But you mean to tell me they charged him with that? They shot at his truck. Yeah. And that's all you charged him with? Are you kidding me? Did they not not learn anything by nearby Georgia? Did they not learn from that story? No,
0: they didn't. First of all, if you see a dude in FedEx, UPS, Amazon clothing, Mm -hmm. there's a solid chance they work for them. Mm -hmm. Two... Deliveries in today's world, because of online shopping, is so great. No delivery company can get by without rentals, mm-hmm. right? We've all seen it, right? Third of all, <laughs> I, I, I lost track of my of alls. <laughs> Once again, as you just said, Georgia, did they did they not learn? Nothing. They learn nothing. <sighs> Quit. Being vigilantes. And, and that's. Best- oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say something sort of similar happened here. Uh, there was a gated community. A UPS driver went to, you know, deliver packages, as UPS drivers tend to do. Sure. He was in his uniform and his big brown UPS truck <laughs> goes in making his deliveries goes to leave mm-hmm. some, you know, rich dude is telling him how he doesn't need the criminal element driving in there. Basically it's because the driver was black. It was mm-hmm. incredibly racist and mm-hmm. the UPS driver just whipped out his phone and recorded the whole thing. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, go ahead, dude. And I was like, Oh my God, freaking stop. Just
1: stop stop stop, it. stop 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 and here's the thing i wonder about this particular case is they were severely undercharged for one by the local police yeah but it always it also makes me wonder if this is something that will get looked into as a possible hate crime because in order to prove a hate crime you have to verify that the victim was targeted because of their race or religion or sexual orientation, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder if they're, they're going to be able to prove it if that was the case. And honestly me being me, I can't really see this as anything else but that, but right. they have to be able to prove it. So I wonder And this, this is the other thing I found interesting as I was, cause I saw this story last week, early last week. And um as I looked um. I looked it up again just to see if there were further developments about it. It doesn't look like it's being reported on major news outlets. Mostly yeah, I local, heard it. Mo- yeah, mostly local ones. Of course, the ones in Mississippi and um, outlets around Mississippi. And, of course, the closest um, uh, like newspapers or news channels or things of that nature in the local area. So mm-hmm. I'm like, this didn't make national news? Seriously? Huh. So, I mean, what has to happen here for if this particular story takes off somehow and gets wider spread? I wonder if that will be the impetus to make the authorities charge them appropriately because Mm -hmm. you charge them with conspiracy. What is that? They literally tried to force him to stop. Once again, I guess they had the idea that somebody was in a neighborhood that shouldn't have been. Heaven forbid. But you try to right. get him to stop and you, you have a gun in his face. Let's just try this again. No one is stopping for you when you point a weapon at him. Then. Yeah. No one's stopping. Yeah. And, and to think that you have the, was it, testicular fortitude? Yeah. To stand in the middle of the road and demand somebody to stop and point a weapon at him as though that's all that's needed. Is that's like, that's automatically gives you sole authority to question who and why and what is in the neighborhood. Are you kidding me? You learn nothing, nothing, no. nothing. Nope. So I'll be, I'll be, I'm going to follow this one. I'll be interested to see where it, if, goes. Where it goes and if these men are charged appropriately, even if it, and, and even if it doesn't end up as, you know, a federal hate crime, they need to be charged appropriately at the local level. Cause that is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Use, quit, that's out here. Quit playing vigilante, white people. I say that as a person of whiteness.
1: <laughs> somebody got to tell them. Yeah. Somebody got to tell them.
0: As, so. as we've discussed before, having my DNA results, I mm-hmm. am as white as they come. <laughs> and That's fine.
1: It absolutely is. The but world somebody- needs
0: many, many kinds Many kinds.
1: It does, but you got to tell the rest of your brethren in this country
0: to fucking get over it.
1: I mean, you know, if I say it, I'm just I'm just whining, or as they said in Game of Thrones, whinging. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's my story. There what you do go. you have for well, us this week?
0: Well, the the man-child that was our former president. Hmm had been told the entire time of his presidency that it is against the law. There is a law that has been passed. As president, you cannot tear up any sort of official government document or any document that comes through the White House. Mm-hmm. You cannot do it. It has to be saved for records when you leave. Trump would tear him up all the time. He would be told, sir, you can't do that. He'd keep tearing them up. If he had meetings that he didn't want other people to hear, so it wasn't official, he'd apparently go and have them in the bedroom of the president because I guess that wasn't legal. And then, of course, he would tear stuff up and throw it away. It happened so much that the White House either shifted Some two people's jobs or hired two people whose sole job was after he tore shit up, they'd come and pick up the trash, make it look like it was janitorial, take it, and their sole job was to tape the papers back together. Oh my god. But wait, there's more. There always is. In January, the, whatever the government agency that keeps records, should know they've been in the news lately due to lawsuits. They had to go to the Trump residency at Mar-a-Lago and get 10 boxes of records that he illegally had taken with him. <laughs> Apparently, there was also documents that if Trump really didn't want to get out, he would burn. Mm. But wait, there's more.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: To quote Robert Evans from Behind the Bastards, it gets worse. Mm. Apparently on one or two occasions, he tore them up and ate them.
1: I'm sorry, what? Ate them. As in consumed?
0: As in put them in his mouth, chewed it up, and swallowed.
1: I'm sorry, just give me a sec. Yeah. I did hear about him removing the documents. I heard that. This, I did not hear about. Um, yeah. yeah. Children do that. Little children do that. Yeah. Or spies in really bad espionage thriller movies. Yeah. Yep. I think yeah. he's just closer to a child, so we'll go with that.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> and I find it funny because what was it, two Saturdays ago, he had the rally in Texas
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he made some mention of Hillary. Because, of course, remember she had the email issues on the private server. That was mm-hmm. a big part of what got him elected. Mm-hmm. And the crowd started yelling, a la 2016, lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. And the irony is that while what she did was also not appropriate mm-hmm. this man broke the law on multiple occasions was told multiple times you can't do that continued to do it to the point where they had to hire people to tape shit back up right the
1: crappiest detail known to man
0: if if you can't respect mm. what in the grand scheme of things, in terms of roles of the president, is a small thing, a small law, right? You know, I'm not judging anybody who speeds. We all break that law. Mm. But you're the president. You've been told, sir, you can't do this. This is against the law. This is the law. And you keep doing it. But bigger laws does he not respect?
1: I- I'm going to say, and not that I necessarily want to spend a whole lot of time thinking about the things that go on in his lizard brain, but to me, I feel like the mere fact that he got elected makes everything else after that possible and plausible and completely acceptable for him Mm -hmm. as far as he's concerned. Like if he got away with the biggest heist And it really wasn't a heist because he legitimately had people that voted for him. 2016 wasn't a steal. It was a farce. It was a circus, but it wasn't a steal. So he Mm -hmm. legitimately had people electing him into office. And I guess he figured since I pulled that off, I can pull off any damn thing I want to. And I think that's exactly what he proceeded to do for the next four years. Anything he wanted to. And because, and I learned this little tidbit, this little catch 22, when I watched a movie called Vice Mm -hmm. about um, former Vice President uh, Dick Cheney. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Very good job by Christian Bale, by the way. Anyway, they make, uh, there's a scene in there when they're talking about what's considered lawful if the president does it. And the thing, this, this was their thinking. The president can't do anything illegal. So if the president does it, it's not illegal, no matter what it is. So I think I think he was maybe his little lizard brain heard that some way or had one of his weird little lackeys whisper in his ear. Well, if you know, you're everything you do is within the law, but you're above the law. So anything you do is legal, Mm -hmm. no matter what it is. Does that
0: which is completely goes against. The Constitution, you know that the, yeah, the ideals it. that you know, sort of <laughs> the founding, you know, part of the ideals is that no one's above the law. <laughs> I know in practice that doesn't happen, but uh, didn't turn out too well for Nixon. Is but, he not? But yeah,
1: hmm.
0: yeah, I agree with you. He clearly thought he could do whatever he wanted. Because he was that way before, mm-hmm.
1: beforehand, and he managed the biggest okey doke in his entire silly entitled life. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review, hit that like button, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback is valuable, and we welcome it. If you would like to contact, connect with, or just want to see what we talk about between episodes, you can find us on Facebook under our podcast name, on Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W, our website, podpage.com, slash Kenyatta-Jack-Save-The-World or email at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. If you would like to learn about and contribute to our chosen charities, you can do so at Service Dog Project at ServiceDogProject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a product of HyperFocus Podcasts.